Welcome back to episode 95 of the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. Look how close we are getting to episode 100, which means that episodes 98 and 99, as I have warned you in the past, are going to be best of the episodes 50 through 97. So only two more episodes after this one before those two best of episodes the following two weeks, followed by the special 100th episode where I have no clue what I'm going to do. We'll find out together. So as I mentioned last week, I have accepted a job back at the music school that I was working at previously as the new music director at that school. I did fill in one day this week. Uh, Right now I'm recording this on Wednesday, so two days ago on Monday night, I filled in one night, and then officially this Saturday I will be back full-time in that role. Boy, was it so much fun to be back. Lots of smiling faces, a couple hugs from some of the students, and I am raring and ready to go and super excited for this next chapter with the school and my employment with them. So you are listening to a very happy, very energized, and very motivated Jeff on this episode. I do want to point out that I already know what next week's episode is going to be. I know I already said I don't think I'm going to do any more holiday specials this year because I did holiday specials through the entire fall last year. However, it occurred to me, well, for Halloween last year, I had my friend Stevie Kate on, and we talked about just different things, whether it be ghosts or experiences or beliefs, haunted houses, things like that. But I didn't really get into much in regard to the actual background. You know, I love learning moments, and this show lately has become more of an educational show with comedic flair. So I am going to do a Halloween episode where I really do a deep dive on a lot of the history of Halloween, the history of costumes, candy, haunted houses. No, not the ones that people think are real, but the ones where they try and scare the shit out of you. Some of this stuff, yes, I may have discussed last year with Stevie Cade, but I will be drilling down much further into these aspects for next week's Halloween episode, which will come out on October 31st. First, that's right, Halloween. Speaking of Halloween, I like to watch scary movies in the month of October. It's kind of an annual thing that I do. Now, I did decide I'm not going to decorate my house for Halloween this year just because there's no kids here and there's going to be no one to see all of the hard work that I would put into it. However, I still love the holiday of Halloween. I love scary movies and it always gives me a reason in October to watch a bunch of scary movies. My goal is always to watch movies that I've never seen before, which is very difficult because I've seen so many scary movies. I mean, I was watching scary movies and horror movies since I was a kid because my dad liked horror movies as well. And back then, well, if you wanted to go to the movie theater and you had kids and you didn't have a babysitter or couldn't afford one, well, you're taking the kids. So there were a lot of movies that I was a little kid watching through, you know, slits in my fingers with my hands covering my eyes. Peek. 
because I was terrified. That said, last night I started to watch a movie that I've never seen before, but always been interested in checking out, a movie called Eraserhead. This was actually the first movie ever made by the famous director David Lynch, who I think is probably most famous for Twin Peaks. And while this was a movie that was made and put out rather in 1977, it was filmed in black and white, and it just makes it all the creepier. I will tell you that while I didn't finish this movie last night, I got about halfway through, and I'm like, okay, I need to go to bed. I will finish it tonight, but just the first half that I've seen, it is one of the best horror movies I've ever seen in my life. And not necessarily because it's just so scary, but just the usage of the sound and the soundtrack, or sometimes just a lack thereof, the fact that it's in black and white, the weirdness and oddities of the movie itself. There's just a lot of stuff that it's just really freaking creepy. So I am looking forward to finishing Eraserhead, and I'm sure in next week's Halloween special episode, I will be discussing some of my favorite horror movies, or maybe perhaps some horror movies that I think suck balls. But if you're a fan of horror movies and you've never seen Eraserhead, I implore you, go check it out. Turn off all the lights. It's creepy AF. All right, before we get to today's topic, would I lie to you? Let me remind everybody that you can follow me on social media on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at Jeff Becomes Jeff. You can also visit my website, jeffshafer.com, J E F S H A F F E R. Yes, Jeff with one F, as is indicated in the title of the podcast. And there you can find out information about my Etsy store, my original music, and just other shit. All right, let's jump into the topic. So, really quick, I want to point out, and if you listen to my episode that I had with my son earlier this year for my Father's Day special, if you didn't hear that one, go back and listen. It's a really fun and funny episode. But if you did listen to that episode, you will know from the discussions that we had that one of my biggest pet peeves in this world is lying. And they always knew as kids growing up that they would get in more trouble for lying to me than they would for the actual offense, primarily because when they lied to me, at, you know, 7, 10, 13 years old, I'm smarter than them. I know they're lying to me, and I took it as a personal insult that you're too stupid to know that I'm lying. No, I'm not. And I busted them every single time, and if they attempted to lie, they would get in way more trouble, and eventually by the time they were teenagers, it got to the point where when they were in trouble for something, they just didn't bother to lie. They just came right out with it, said, yep, I did this. They would deal with their punishment, which was much more reduced because of the fact that I knew that they were being honest with me, despite how difficult that was. But I think that's a very good trait to instill in any human being. And, well, the only ones I had control over were my two human beings. So I did my best to make sure that they know going through life that lying sucks. Also, another reason I decided to do this episode is because we're coming up on the midterm elections here in America, and with politics in full swing, let's just say there's a lot of lying going on. Before I do a deep dive, I want to point out a funny quote that I found in my prep for the show by Mr. Mark Twain, who, as we all know, is like an author, but he was actually considered a humorist. But he once said that there are three types of liars, liars, damned liars, and statistics. I thought that was a pretty funny quote. 
back when I was a smoker, there was actually a quote of his. I'm probably not getting this verbatim, but I would use it with people as a joke. But he was once known to say along these lines, probably paraphrasing. I don't know why everyone says it's so hard to quit smoking. I've done it a million times. All right, so first and foremost, before we get into examples of lies, let's look at the top reasons why people lie. So one would be to avoid punishment. That makes sense. I mean, kind of what I talked about with my kids. They didn't want to get in trouble, so they were naturally, instinctually wanting to lie to me and not admit to the fact that they did something wrong to avoid punishment. I mean, you see this all the time. A serial killer gets brought in by the police. Are they telling the police, yeah, I killed all those people and put them in my basement. You'll probably find about 20 29 bodies down there. Here, let me draw you a map. No, they're going to lie and they're going to do everything they can to avoid any form of punishment for their wrongdoings. Another reason along these lines would be to keep someone else from punishment. So that would be what you would call an accomplice. Another reason to lie would be to obtain something or some kind of award or reward that is otherwise not very attainable. Like, for example, lying in a job interview or on your resume to get a job that you're not actually supposed to be able to get, or being a politician and lying about pretty much everything so that you can get a job making a bunch of money and lining your pockets with American dollars in our government. Another reason to lie would be to protect oneself from physical harm. So an example of that would be like you're about to get raped and you yell out, wait, I have AIDS. Okay, that's a horrible example. Although that would be technically a lie that someone could tell to protect oneself from physical harm. Another reason is to gain admiration of others. So tall tales, stretching the truth, making yourself sound to be more successful, more accomplished, whatever. But in order to get other people to think, wow, look at him. I'm very important. Uh, I have many leather bound books and my apartment smells of rich mahogany. (laughs) Also, you can lie to get out of an awkward situation or a social situation. Hey, do you want to go to the movies with me tonight? Oh, sorry, I have to wash my hair. Yes, back in the day, in the old days, using the excuse, I have to wash my hair, was considered to be common, or at least in movies and TV shows, to get out of having to go on a date with someone you didn't want to date. Now, you guys all know I'm not a big fan of social interaction, going out, doing things with people, but typically most of the people that I know know that I don't like that stuff, so I don't really lie to get out of things. I will instead find things that I absolutely need to be doing, and I will do those things that will keep me occupied, or I'll just straight up say, yeah, I don't want to do that. I can give you the honor of going with the best looking guy in school. Yeah, well, I'm busy. Yeah, doing what? Washing my hair. Oh, that's about as funny as a screen door on a battleship. Another reason people would lie would be to avoid embarrassment, like, no, I didn't just piss myself, I spilled water on my pants in the crotchal region. Yes, I'm sure there's a slew of other examples. Man, my examples really suck tonight. A lot of times people might lie to protect their own privacy. Maybe not so much because they're embarrassed of what they're doing, but they simply want to maintain their own privacy. And we all know that there is also lying by omission. So I'm not giving you all the information. Is that technically a lie? I guess that depends on the perception of the person receiving the information or lack thereof. Finally, the last reason one might lie would be to 
exercise power by controlling narratives. This kind of sounds familiar when it comes to, you know, political races, the media. We now know that Facebook was asked by the FBI to suppress posts about Hunter Biden and his, yes, illegal activities, which he will be indicted on following the midterm election. They can't do it yet because there's just laws and rules that say they can't do that in a certain amount of time prior to a significant election because it could affect the election. But the FBI has gathered enough information to indict the president's son for illegal activity, which, going to be honest, the president was involved in as well. Hey, pal, it's 815 um, on uh, Wednesday night. If you get a chance, give me a call. Nothing urgent. Just want to talk to you. I thought the article, at least the thing on online, is going to be printed tomorrow in the Times, was good. I think it's clear. And uh, anyway, um, if you get a chance, give me a call. I love you. But not only did Facebook suppress those posts, but pretty much every other media outlet also had nothing to do with talking about Hunter Biden's illegal activity prior to the presidential election. Because as we know, pretty much every media outlet, save for one, is anti-conservative Republican. I want to remind everybody, I am a center of the aisle independent. I think Republicans and Democrats suck equally. I think they're all a bunch of shysters. I think they're all driving their own agenda. But it doesn't change the fact that, yes, the majority of the media outlets are going to drive the Democratic agenda. All right, so those are some reasons why people might lie. So now let's talk about what we might call white lies or polite lies. An example of this would be telling someone something that you disagree with internally to spare their feelings or boost their self-esteem. Like, no, those jeans don't make you look fat. Or, yeah, I really do like your new haircut. Or, this is delicious. Or, oh, your baby or your child is so cute or adorable. Let's be honest. When a baby comes out of a mom's vag, they all pretty much look like undercooked rodents. They're not cute. Is it me or was that the ugliest baby? you have ever seen. Even when I look at, you know, the brand new newborn pictures of my own children, I mean, they're cute to me because it's a life that I helped to create, but they look like wrinkly old hairless cats. So generally, white lies are considered to be relatively acceptable in society, but is this really the best approach? I mean, if you think about it, we're kind of training people to be more easily offended by giving them these white lies. If everybody says, no, those jeans don't make you look fat, and then one person gives an honest opinion and says, yeah, oh yeah, you, like, you're muffin topping out over those jeans, not to mention the fact that they look like they're about to burst at the seams. Well, the person wearing those jeans is now going to be horribly offended and think that person is a total asshole just because they told the truth. Perhaps the people who were lying, those are the assholes. It's like when you have a boogie in your nose and someone doesn't tell you. You want to walk around all day with a boogie hanging out of your nose and everyone's just so polite that they don't want to say, hey, you got a boogie in your nose. I'd rather someone tell me I have a little bit of embarrassment for a second, get rid of that boogie, and now go confidently through the rest of my day knowing I don't have a boogie in my nose. Also, we know we live in an era where people are pretty thin-skinned. Everything hurts. Those words hurt. 
Jeff? Well, maybe those words need to hurt because you can't learn from anything if people are just propping you up. It's like the idea of a participation trophy or an award for just showing up. If you lost, you lost. If you won, you deserve what comes along with the success and satisfaction of a win. But no, we got to protect everybody's feelings. And then all of a sudden they grow up, they get into the outside world and they realize, oh, wait, people don't want to just give me a job because I simply applied. That would be the equivalent of a participation trophy. I can tell you from almost two years of on and off job searching in my field and my background, they are not just handing out jobs simply because you applied. So maybe being honest and truthful more often, ignoring those white lies, those polite lies, that might actually be better for our society overall. So before I continue with my agenda for the episode, one thing I do want to discuss really quick was a movie from 2009 called The Invention of Lying, which was written and directed by, I believe, Ricky Gervais and some other people, but it also starred Ricky Gervais. And basically the plot line of this movie, it was like an alternate universe where people were incapable of lying. This went so far as to the point where there was no such thing as fiction in literature or film because that would be a lie. Like that's the extent of the fact that people were incapable of lying. At one point in the movie early on, the main character, Ricky Gervais, realizes that he is capable of lying and he uses this to his advantage because everyone else just assumes that anything he says, they take it at face value as the truth because, well, that's all they know. Everything that they hear is the truth because no one can lie. It even gets to the point where his mom is dying and she's in the hospital and she's terrified knowing that she's going to this eternity of nothingness and he makes up a lie about an afterlife and heaven saying that there's a man in the sky that he can talk to. And of course, everyone believes this and this creates this sense of relief for his mom as well as pretty much the rest of society thinking, oh my God, there's more than just eternal nothingness. I will be honest, I have not watched this movie since pretty much around the time that it came out. So I think I remembered really liking it. I will tell you that looking at the IMDb list, there is a ton of big names in this movie, including the main cast and just a shit ton of cameos like Jennifer Garner, Jonah Hill, Louis C.K., Jeffrey Tambor, Rob Lowe, Tina Fey, Christopher Guest, Jason Bateman, Philip Seymour Hoffman, when he was still alive, of course, Edward Norton, and just a bunch of other people. So I would implore all of you to go find that movie, check it out. It's probably a very cheap rental on your streaming services because it's an older movie. I want to say like on Apple, I think it's $2.99 to rent, but I will be checking that out again since I haven't seen it in so long. But I always remember liking that movie because I thought it was a very clever approach to kind of explaining the deity aspect of God and the, you know, magic component and is it all a lie? Just so that we can all feel better going through life thinking, well, when I die, I'm not over. My soul will go on and I'll be with my family and all of my pets. Sadly, I hate to break the news to everyone, but that would imply consciousness irrelevant of your physical body. If that was possible, there would be no such thing as amnesia, comas, or anything else that removes your consciousness despite the fact that your physical body has been impacted. Without the memory centers in your brain, when you die without the tissue and those aspects of your brain, even if there was a heaven, you wouldn't know who your family was because your memory center 
listeners, they're dead. Oh, so yes, oh, I do believe in eternal nothingness. I do believe when I die, things go dark. That's it. I'm done. That's fine. I've accepted that. But I also don't blame people who have faith and want to believe that there is something more. And that's kind of what this movie illustrated was how people clamor for any sense of hope or existence beyond what we can comprehend. All right, I'll quit talking about that and freaking everybody out. I'm sure my mom is not a fan of that last little segment. Recently on an episode, I mentioned I'm not putting up stuff for Christmas because I'm not a Christian. I got a text from her that said, what? You're not a Christian. I said, mom, we've had this discussion before. And I've also clearly stated on the podcast multiple times that I think religion and faith is a little kookaburra. And she said, I know it just makes me sad. I'm sorry, mom. I don't mean to make you sad. So let's move on. So now we're going to talk about some famous historical lies. First off, we'll start out with George Washington. Speaking of lies, we all know the story of George Washington chopping down a cherry tree. And when being confronted by his father, he said, Father, I cannot tell a lie. I cut down that cherry tree. But the fact is that never actually happened. That was just a made up fabricated story by a writer in an attempt to illustrate the president's virtues. While we're on the topic of George Washington, well, you've always been told that he was the first president of the United States. That is a lie. Sorry, but actually he was the 15th president of the United States. Now, he was the first president to be elected by the people, but there were 14 previous people, including John Hancock, who served as president of the United States. They were just appointed to that role, not voted by the people. Let's talk about Christopher Columbus. Anybody who listened to my episode a couple weeks ago, my Columbus Day special, you know know that when you've been told that Columbus discovered America, well, that's a lie. That's bullshit. He never set foot on the continent of North America, let alone in the territory that we would now call the United States of America. And I'm proud to be an American, where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly Witches. Yes, the witches, the Salem witch trials. What would they do to those witches when they found out they were witches? Burn them at the stake? A lot of tech tests determined that was a lie. That never happened. A lot of them were jailed or hanged, but none of them were ever burned, let alone over a basket of live kittens. That would just be fucked up. One thing we all know is that back in the American frontier, the Wild West, cowboys wore these big Stetson cowboy hats. Of course, we've seen, you know, John Wayne. We've seen all these movies where cowboys wear cowboy hats. Oh, take her easy there, Pilgrim. Actually, that's a lie. Uh, Back then, the main hat that was worn was a bowler or a derby hat. They didn't have any interest in those giant Stetson cowboy hats. While we're on the topic of the Wild West, let's talk about the fact that we all know that the Wild West, man, that was a crazy time. I mean, tons of gunfights and bank robberies. Actually, that's a lie. Not so much. In fact, between 1859 and 1900, there were about 12 bank robberies in the entire finger quotes wild west that's 12 bank robberies over the course of 41 years not that many also the fact that people were having constant showdowns and being gunned down in the streets that didn't happen either in fact gun related murders during the period of the wild west averaged around 1.5 per year in frontier towns 
since I've started talking about the Wild West, there's probably been more than that in Chicago. In fact, the famous 1881 shootout at the OK Corral, which you all know from the movie Tombstone, that only had a body count of three. I'd have to go back and watch the movie to see how many people died in the movie representation of that shootout, but I can assure you it was more than three. Let's talk about Independence Day. Well, of course, on Independence Day, we celebrate the signing of the Declaration of Independence on July 4th. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. The Declaration of Independence was actually drafted on July 2nd. On July 4th, there was an approved revision to the draft. It was first read aloud on July 8th, and it was not actually signed until August 2nd. So anyone who tells you that the Declaration of Independence was signed on July 4th, that's a lie. How about Betsy Ross? I mean, we all know that she sewed and created the first American flag. Sorry, that's not true either. That's a lie. She did suggest making the stars five-pointed instead of six because it would be easier to sew. It's actually believed that the creator and designer of the first American flag was a guy named Francis Hopkinson, who, oddly enough, was also one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence on August 2nd, not July. Fourth. We all know Pocahontas. Oh no, is this cultural appropriation, Jeff? No, I'm just telling facts. But we all know Pocahontas fell in love with a guy named John Smith. That's a lie. She didn't actually fall in love with him. She was 12 years old. He was 28. She befriended him, but they did not fall in love. As a matter of fact, her name was not even Pocahontas. It was a word that was used to describe her, but her actual name was Matuaka. Probably getting that wrong. Well, if there's one thing I know about history, that's absolutely true. It's that Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Sorry, that's a lie. Thomas Edison was a piece of shit who stole other people's ideas and used his ability to get patents on their ideas so it made it look like he came up with the idea. But in fact, the light bulb was invented by a British astronomer and chemist, Warren De La Rue, 40 years prior to when Thomas Edison got the patent for the light bulb in 1880. The final historical lie that I will share with you actually surprised me a lot. I did not know this, but Abraham Lincoln, you know, we all thought he was 150% against slavery. Well, not so much. Yes, he's famous for the Emancipation Proclamation and he is credited with freeing the slaves, but he wasn't actually against the idea of slavery. As a matter of fact, in an 1862 letter to a newspaper editor, he said, and I quote, If I could save the Union without freeing any slave, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing all the slaves, I would do it. And if I could save it by freeing some and leaving others alone, I would also do that. What I do about slavery and the colored race... I do because I believe it helps to save the Union. Sounds a lot like politics today, 160 years later, using race as a means to a political goal, but not actually trying to help any specific race. You think current white politicians aren't using Black Lives Matters to fuel division and anger and hatred in this country and to try and drive their agenda? That is absolutely happening. But yeah, Abraham Lincoln, he would have gladly ended the Civil War without freeing a single slave if it was possible. So that kind of blew my mind a little bit. 
All right, so now let's look at some more famous lies in more recent history. Sadly, a lot of these are going to be from high-ranking politicians. Like, for example, Bill Clinton did have sexual relations with that woman, despite telling the world on television that he did not. Well, not only telling them, insisting. Let's hear the lie first. But I want to say one thing to the American people. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. These allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the American people. Thank you. You said no. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. All right, now let's hear the apology and admission. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Ms. Lewinsky that was not appropriate. In fact, it was wrong. It constituted a critical lapse in judgment and a personal failure on my part for which I am solely and completely responsible. Sorry, Bill, you got busted. Let's talk about Richard Nixon. He was a crook, despite insisting he was not. Let's hear the lie. And in all of my years of public life, I have never obstructed justice. And I think, too, that I can say that in my years of public life, that I welcome this kind of examination because people have got to know whether or not their president is a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Now, let's hear his resignation speech. I have never been a quitter. To leave office before my term is completed is abhorrent to every instinct in my body. But as president, I must put the interests of America first. America needs a full-time president and a full-time Congress, particularly at this time with problems we face at home and abroad, to continue to fight through the months ahead for my personal vindication would almost totally absorb the time and attention of both the President and the Congress in a period when our entire focus should be on the great issues of peace abroad and prosperity without inflation at home. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. Okay, so that wasn't actually an admission, and he was still insisting that he was not guilty of what he had done. And I will say to an extent that I do find it slightly commendable that Richard Nixon was willing to say, you know what, I'm going to walk away from my role as president so that the country can move forward and Congress is not tied up in investigations and scandal, and they can actually get their job done because he cared more about progress for the American people than his own job. That would never happen today because all we see and all our Congress is spending time on are investigations of other politicians. They ain't getting shit done. Maybe if some of them had the balls like Nixon to step down and let the country move on, they would actually get some shit done. What about the JFK assassination and the cover-up and conspiracy theories that it was an inside job? Or at least there were people involved in our own government that had a hand in his assassination. Now, are these lies necessarily? I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's been a lot of lying that's been going on, but a lot of this is going back to what I said about lying bio 
permission because they've never actually released all of the government documents that would incriminate tons of people in our own government and in our own country that may or may not have been involved. Even as recently as last year, October 2021, Biden and the White House delayed the release of documents to quote unquote protect against identifiable harm. What that means is they're saying we're not going to release these documents basically until everyone in these documents who could be prosecuted is dead. That's fucked up. That is protecting people in the government who had a hand in the assassination of a sitting U.S. president. What the hell is wrong with you people? And if they're willing to do that, what else do you think they're keeping from you? Lying by omission. And honestly, you know, don't we as the American people, as taxpayers, don't we own those documents? Why are they able to redact whatever they want, release it on whatever schedule they want? Those should be documents available to us at any time because those documents were created by our tax dollars. We own them, but we're all just content to sit back and say, okay, you tell me when it's cool to release them. Let's wait till this old dude dies. God forbid we put someone in jail for killing our president. I want you to really think about it, though. Is there any other instance, at least in American society, where it's okay to protect guilty parties when we have evidence other than for protecting government officials? Still think they're not self-serving pieces of shit? Supposed to be public servants. I assure you, the only serve that is involved is not public servant. It is self-serving. Going back to Biden, let's talk about just last month. Biden in, I don't know if it was a press conference or whatnot, but he lied about gas prices being below $2.99 a gallon in over 40 states in the country. A lie detector test determined that was a lie. Does he not think that people are driving around seeing the digital readouts on gas stations on every corner to know that's a total fucking lie? But it's not like he's driving himself around, so he really doesn't have any clue what gas prices are, and he really doesn't even have any clue where he is most of the time, so he's just reading off a prompter what people are telling him to say, and unfortunately, they're telling him to say blatant lies. Because I assure you, gas prices have not been below $2.99 in a long time. But, you know, along those lines, we've got, in politics especially, and the media, we've got now this whole new concept of fake news. But who's really to be trusted as to what is fake or what is real? We're going to just believe the media? You are the news, asshole. Oh, man, it all went down, man. I stayed right next door, man, from the thing that happened, man, the barbecue, man. I was barbecuing, man. I seen some fire just come out out the window, man. Man, the window busted out, man. Only thing I think first, man, make sure them ribs is right. And I ran in and got my family, man. Brung everybody out safely, man. I carry everybody out myself, man. You know what I mean? I'm keep this PG, everybody myself, man. I did that. You feel me? You got kids and older people out, or just kids? Yeah, I, I got my kids first. First thing I got my kids, and I, I, th I thought about my ribs. Like, I ain't gonna let my ribs burn and stuff, because I take pride in what I do, man. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. I was hungry, man. I was like, man, put them ribs on there, man. Some hot links and stuff, man. We got it going and stuff, but. I looked over, man, the fire was bursting out, man. I was like, man, this is crazy, man. Real crazy, man. Let me get my kids up out this situation, man. That's all I know. 
You feel me? Just like you have a lot of Republicans that think that the 2020 election was rigged or fixed and that Trump should have won that election. And of course, all the Democrats are like, look at these whiny Republicans can't accept the fact that they lost. Well, let me point out that in 2016, when Hillary lost to Trump, there were a lot of Democrats that thought, oh, the election was rigged. It was stolen. Hillary should have won. I believe he knows he's an illegitimate president. He knows. He knows that there were a bunch of different reasons why the election turned out the way it did. So it's all a matter of perspective, and you're all a bunch of douchebags. So, how do you know if someone's lying to you? Well, let's get into that. First, let's talk about lie detectors, or polygraph machines. So the first polygraph was created in 1921 by a California policeman, and he thought that if he could detect sudden changes in heart rate or respiration or blood pressure, that that would be an indication that the person was lying. Granted, a change to those aspects of a person's body does not necessarily indicate the fact that they're lying. And the first time that they tried to admit a polygraph test into evidence in court was in 1923, but was immediately dismissed by the courts as experimental, not proven, and invalid. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Currently, all these years later, a polygraph test only has about an 87% accuracy rating. So what that means is for every 100 people undergoing a polygraph test, 13 of them are either perceived to be telling the truth while they're lying or are perceived to be lying while actually telling the truth. It's not a very good record when it comes to putting people in prison for possibly life. And for that reason, it's still not admissible pretty much in court systems across the United States. But also keep in mind that some people might just be so uncomfortable by the procedure of the polygraph test that it could cause physiological changes to their body chemistry. It could cause their heart rate to go up. Like, I worry about this every time I go to get my blood pressure checked at a doctor. Granted, it's been years since I've had insurance and have actually had to do this. But when they put that cuff on my arm, I start to worry, oh no, is my blood blood pressure going to be high? And now I'm starting to worry, oh no, because I'm worrying, is that going to make my blood pressure higher than it's supposed to be and give me a false reading? And it just becomes a vicious cycle. So that is absolutely possible when it comes to polygraph tests. Finally, in regard to figuring out if someone is lying to you, let's talk about what are called pantomimes. You know, Sicilians are great liars. Best in the world. I'm Sicilian. My father was the world heavyweight champion of Sicilian liars. From growing up with him, I learned the pantomime. There are 17 different things a guy can do when he lies to give himself away. Guy's got 17 pantomimes. Woman's got 20. Guy's got 17. But if you know them like you know your own face... They'd be lie detectors all to hell. All right, so that was a clip of Christopher Walken from an amazing movie, one of my favorite movies, True Romance. And while doing my research, I wasn't able to actually find the exact number of how many pantomimes there were for women versus men. I think that might have been something that Quentin Tarantino just put in there because it sounded cool. But I did find one article that outlined 21 pantomimes of lying regardless of your sex. Technically, this article outlined 20 
money for pantomimes, but from my perspective, a lot of them seem to overlap, so I have condensed it to 21. Here are the 21 ways to tell if someone is lying to you. First, limited or stiffened physical expressions with less arm and hand movements, so just kind of, you know, not moving naturally. Next, avoiding eye contact. Yeah, that makes sense. You don't want to look someone in the eye when you know you're telling them a lie. Look at me when you're talking to me! Touching the face, throat, or mouth, or scratching behind the ear. In fact, a lot of people think that someone might cover their mouth when they're lying, almost as if to keep the truth from coming out. You have misaligned timing with words and expressions, like getting a gift and going, Oh, I love it. It's my favorite. And then you smile after you say that, but you don't smile while you say it. That doesn't align with how the natural human reaction would typically work and may be indicative of a lie. There would be the juxtaposition of words versus physical expression, like saying, I love you, but while frowning. Number six, the idea that expressions are limited to mouth movements and not the entire face, because typically when people speak or react or emote, they use not only their mouth to speak, but their face moves in coordination with the emotion associated. So if your mouth is moving only and your face really isn't keeping pace, kind of going back to the whole I love this gift, it might imply that someone is lying. Getting defensive to the question, deflecting blame or trying to change the subject. That makes sense. Turning one's head or body away from the accuser. Look at me like a person. You can't do it for more than a few seconds. Look at me like a human boy. Don't mess around with me. Sometimes someone might subconsciously place items between themselves and the accuser. Like if there's items on the table, you might move your Coke can into the middle of the table instead of having it off to the side. Using words in your accuser's question to answer the question, or even worse, answering a question with a question. Were you aware that all of the entertainment and food was provided by rec center teachers? Would I have stayed if I knew that? I don't know. Would you have? Would you have? No, I wouldn't have. Did you hear Leslie make any promises? What constitutes a promise? A quid pro quo. Oh, do you know Latin? Okay. Thank you, Ron. Sometimes someone might speak too much in response and offer unnecessary details, and that is something where you, you got to make sure if you're telling a lie, you want to be detailed, but not too detailed. Sorry I can't come into work today. I shit my pants, and there's a little blood in it, and a piece of corn, and then my cat came up and ate the piece of corn, which caused her to vomit all over the kitchen floor. Too much information. One pantomime would be that people speak in a monotone voice with very little vocal inflection. Kind of like Forrest Gump. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Using statements like not really or for the most part, which are kind of exclusionary, or using filler words like frankly or honestly. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Oh! When lying, people might garble their words or muddle their sentences or even speak very softly. Uh, Putin's kleptocracy. Yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him in a foot. Almost as if they're incapable of actually telling the lie, so they kind of mush it all up just to get something out. 
seeking escape from the conversation with excuses like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. What that means is I need time to go think. Think about your next lie. Opposite mannerisms from typical natural behavior. Like, like if someone asks you something and you're trying to remember or think about something, it's very natural to look up when you're trying to think or remember. But if someone does the opposite and looks down when they're trying to think or remember, might mean they're lying. Making sarcastic or humorous comments to deviate from the topic. Well, I'm a bit of a smartass and very sarcastic, so maybe I'm just a horrible liar. Another one would be just constant blinking of the eyes more than would be naturally appropriate. Talking about eyes, like raising one's eyebrow, might signify a defensive posture. Mm -hmm. Someone might be lying to you if they play dumb with a response like, what are you talking about? Or why would you say that? Finally, the last pantomime that I found that I'm going to discuss would be taking too much time to think between a question and an answer. Because of course, you're seeking the right words to get yourself out of deep doo-doo. So that's pretty much all I have to discuss about lying. And yes, we all lie, especially when it comes to, you know, the polite or the white lies. But I want you to ask yourself, do you really need to? I want you to take every opportunity you can to actually just be honest with people. Over time, they may appreciate it, and it's going to help our society from being a bunch of thin-skinned, butt-hurt little pieces of shit. And if you're saying, I never lied, Jeff, well, let me tell you that studies show that on average, Americans lie four times a day. That would mean the average American citizen lies 1,460 times per year. If you say, I don't lie, probably a lie. A lie detector test determined that was a lie. <laughs> Also, I want everyone to be very aware of how the government and how the media work. They're telling you what you want to hear. They're withholding information they don't want you to hear. They are the biggest liars in this country. Yet we look to them for truth and solutions. That's kind of messed up. So I implore all of you to be honest with everyone as often as you can, even when it seems difficult. Also, be honest with yourself. A lot of us tell lies to ourselves to get through every day or to make life seem more palatable. It's not a lie if you believe it. It's like the old phrase when people say, I can't even look myself in the mirror. It's because you're lying to yourself. Don't lie to yourself ever. There's no reason for that. All right, I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Don't forget we have the Halloween special coming up next week. Thank you, everyone, for continuing to tune in to the Jeff Becomes Jeff podcast. Don't forget to go follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Jeff Becomes Jeff. I know you won't, but I'm still going to remind you. Until next time. I'm Jeff. And I'm Steve. The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Oh my God! Good night. to the devil and I pray 
And I showed him the mess that I made And I cried and I cried and I cried a million times over But the devil just laughed in my face I went to the God of Fire And said, can you turn the heat a little higher? Cause I've been burned and I've been burned a million times over But he just covered me with water So I went to the Lord